Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You are listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM in Palestine, remembered with Nasser Mashni, Robert Martin, and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Australia's Only program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause in English language. I would like to welcome our listeners on the AM dial or those who will join us later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. This week's episode, we are talking, we're going to be talking about Netanyahu's visit to Australia and to refute some of the, and many of, in fact, if not all of the uh, points he raised in the press conference with Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. For this and more, stay with us and enjoy the episode. Today I thought it would be a good opportunity to have a listen to Benjamin Netanyahu's press conference with Belton Turnbull, but also to address some of the statements because what he is saying is absolute lies, but nobody in the media gets to actually rebuke them. What kind of state will it be that they're advocating? A state that calls for Israel's destruction? A state that will, whose territory will be used immediately for radical Islam? The state the Palestinians would be advocating per the PLO Charter is a democratic, secular state with separation of church and state, like mm. a normal Western democracy. And we have to also uh, say that never in the representation, whether in media or curriculum or in press conferences of the Palestinian Authority, the PLO, or even Hamas, that they say that we are calling for the annihilation of uh, the Jewish people. It has never happened except in the mind of Netanyahu. And um, even before uh, uh, radical Islam became a phenomenon, uh, Netanyahu opposed uh, a Palestinian state for ideological reasons. Ideological. I mean, we've got to remember that the Likud Charter explicitly says, his ruling party, he's the leader of the Likud Party, the Likud Party Charter explicitly says that there'll be no Palestinian state created to the west, west of the Jordan River, which is the West Bank. I mean, it just beggars belief that he says what sort of uh, Palestinian state when his own charter says explicitly there's no such thing. So, so how, the, how does the media get away with just giving the airtime for this simple statement that he continually says all over the world because it's working? Mm. 
What are we supposed to do about that? I mean, how can I we get the... I think it's important, Robert, for us to keep reminding uh, our listeners uh, of even even if it is if the answer is clear and if it goes without saying, because they keep repeating the lie and they get more. Uh, it's word for word. Coverage. Well, I mean, look, the, the reality is they keep repeating the lie, and they repeated the lie about South Africa. They repeated the lie about Jim Crow and and uh, the South in America. The reality is that the average Australian knows that settlements are an obstacle. You cannot negotiate over a piece of dirt while still building homes there on a state that's supposed to be somebody else's. Mm. Occupation is violence. People understand when you occupy people's homes for 50 years that, in fact, A, that's not right, and B, if you start building houses there and want to negotiate over that piece that you're you're building, it's not right. Mm. Now, this is They don't have a right to negotiate. Well, it's borne out, and you have a look at have a look at the, um, the 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 people in support of the Labor Party's recognition of a state of Palestine. Yeah, so Australia and a the Labor Party in the first instance joining 137 other countries in recognising the state of Palestine. Bob Hawke, who was a Zionist to the core, and I remember in the in the 70s when he was still. Um, head of the ACTU, seeing pictures of him in a yarmulke. This is before Google and stuff, you know, at the Wailing Wall and crying at the Holocaust Museum. And all, I mean, he's got a right to, yeah, and the Holocaust is terrible. Um, it was a terrible situation. From him to Kevin Rudd to Bob Carr to um, Gareth Evans, these are lifelong Israel firsters. Bob Hawke said in the 70s, in the ACTU, when, uh, at 73, he said, let's nuke Cairo. On mm. behalf of Israel. Pardon, so say that again? Let's nuke Cairo. He wanted America to drop nuclear weapons on Cairo, the birthplace of civilization, the pyramids, all of that, because of the 73 war. That guy, now 43 years later, is going, this n- nut job Netanyahu, we've got to recognize the state of Palestine. And we've got to remember that these guys are calling for the recognition of Palestine, not because they care about Palestinians, mm. but because they're trying to protect Jewish Israel. From mm. itself. From itself. Mm. But nevertheless, I think uh, for that uh, this position of the Labour, if it represents the Labour position, it doesn't yet. I think uh, it is progressive and we're going to have to build on it and to think positive. And we're going to take the next comment of Netanyahu. Well, Yusuf, I think just, just quickly, just as a comment to that, and, and Rob spoke to the, the lie that Netanyahu gets airtime to mm. and keeps uh, repeating. The people are waking up. Mm. Now, the Labor Party is, uh, like any party, gets led from the ground up. It isn't Bill Shorten and his far-right faction, Mark Dreyfus, Michael Danby, these hardcore Zionist, Israeli, Mm. Jewish, Australians last Mm. who want to change the Labor. It's the the unions. It's the uh, members of the uh, party who are paying their $90 a year or whatever it is to join the party that are saying, it's wrong, Mm. you're my voice, this is how I want you to vote. It's a ground up, and it not is top also down. to give credit to the relentless uh, efforts of uh, MPs like Maria Van Vakino and other uh, voices of Palestine within the Labour and the, Palestine and the Australian Parliament. Okay, let's address the next lie. Israel uh, retreated already from Gaza, gave uh, uh, all the, gave up, took out all the settlements there, gave the territory to the Palestinian Authority, uh, and this became a terrorist state of Hamas, backed by Iran. They fired thousands and thousands of missiles against us. Um, I guess when Netanyahu says that Israel retreated from Gaza, it gives the impression to people who don't know what happened in the last uh, 10 or 11 years 
that they pulled out and they let uh, the Gaza people, they left them alone. And, the, and we, they, he wants us to forget that Gaza is under siege and has been for uh, nine years now. But he's left them alone. And also he wants us to forget and uh, to, to dismiss the fact that Israel, uh, in, the last, uh, in the same period that he's talking about, uh, launched three offensive military operations against Gaza. Every time, at least there were a thousand Palestinian plus were killed. I mean, even... Over two and a half thousand in the in last... the last one, two and a half thousand. And, and it's important. I mean, in the first instance, this concept of retreating from Gaza. Number one, Mahmoud Abbas said... Help us, help me build credibility in Gaza. I don't have a presence there. Let me coordinate the evacuation so as to build up my prestige, build up uh, PA prestige within Gaza. No, we're not going to let you do that. Number two, we're going to pull all the settlers out and we're going to not leave any of the infrastructure that they had there. Number three, uh, the election Hamas wins. We're going to air, sea, landlock it. Two million people, over a million of them under 18 years of age, landlocked. Um, Dove Wineglass said we're going to put the Gazans on a diet. The calorific intake per human is calculated, and only that much food is allowed into Gaza. Mm. During that same 10 years, as you mentioned, we've had three military incursions. The the rockets that uh, the Palestinians sent out of Gaza are an expression of frustration. They're an occupied people under siege, medieval siege. I mean, when you think about what a siege is from the concept of a castle and whether you're, you're a crusader or, 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 or the Islamic forces, you surround the castle, you stop the water, you starve the people till they surrender. That's what a siege is. Now, in an exasperated attempt to, at, at, and it's futile, these homemade rockets are futile. I also wanted to say that, that uh, when he says thousands and thousands of rockets, it gives the impression that they killed thousands and thousands of people. When in fact, uh, while we disagree with this way, I mean, I don't necessarily think that rocket launching from Gaza is the right way of resistance these days. Yeah. While I don't agree with that, I have to say that this, like you said, Nasser, this is a futile way of resistance in t- if, if, in, if you want to calculate yeah, the casualties because it didn't... Uh, there, there are zero effect. Well, but what, what, they do do, they what they do do is let the Israelis know, A, we are here, mm. we are not defeated, we are not going away, and do not rest. Mm. Do not rest. And this is the right of a Palestinian to resist. Mm. And then you go back and we say, okay, we're under that siege. Three times in that 10 years, one of the either the fifth or sixth biggest military power in the world, nuclear armed, mm. nuclear submarines, ships, tanks, helicopters, F-16s, they bombard this population. And they bombard the most populated area on Earth. It's not yeah, just the most densely populated densely. population on yeah. Earth, yeah. And they bombard it for something of the order of 45 to 60 days, mm. leaving t- thousands of people dead, but tens of thousands of people injured, and thousands and thousands of homes ir- un- unlivable, irreparable. And also we have to remind the listeners that Netanyahu himself was against the withdrawal of uh, when Ariel Sharon took that. He, he actually, Ariel Sharon had to form another political yeah, party. Kadima called party, the yeah. Kadima party. Why? Yeah. Because Likud party, Sharon's party, did not approve the withdrawal from yeah. Gaza. So for him to make us think that he was for that and uh, as, 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 as a prime, today's prime minister of Israel, that's another lie.
Which it was just a tactic as well to drag out the peace process. Well, t- I mean, it wasn't, a tactic. You know, it wasn't to help. And, or and they took these settlers and they didn't yeah. put them into Israel proper, inverted commas, Green Lion Israel. They put them in the West Bank. Yeah, in terms of settlers, <laughs> they moved them. And gave them money. Sorry yeah. we had to move you out of Gaza. Here you go. Go to the West Bank. Have some extra cash. Don't and, worry. And the whole world, uh, I mean, these, the, the withdrawal of settlers from Gaza enjoyed so much coverage in terms of how hard it was for these uh, you know, innocent torn civilians, from their homes, torn yeah, from we, their homes, and we must feel that. sympathy sympathy for these people. You know, look what look what they've had to endure. So that is another uh, lie that uh, Netanyahu got to say on uh, our mainstream media. Let's uh, continue. What kind of state would they be talking about? Well, first of all, it'll have to recognize the Jewish state. So um, the Palestinians must recognize Israel as a Jewish state. We've heard this from this man unprecedentedly uh, for the last seven or eight years. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah? So, you know, the Palestinians, the PLO, recognized the state of Israel in 1993 in Oslo, 24 years of negotiations. The absurdity of demanding of an occupied people to recognize the Jewish state or as a homeland for Jews to prejudice one in four people who are citizens of this state of Israel to the, the, the thought that those people would now de facto, even though they are currently second-class citizens, but immediately become absolutely second-class citizens, over and above prejudicing the rights, the inalienable right of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes. Mm. This this is just an unacceptable ask. And also, like uh, Mahmoud Abbas said, uh, this is indirectly, this means that we will concede the historical loss of Palestine. We will say they were right in '48. This is a Jewish uh, state, and what we were, what we did resisting that in 47 and 48 was wrong, yeah. and we're not going to do that. No, and if I want to visit my grandfather's grave, he's buried as a Muslim in Palestine. It wasn't a Jewish state when he died. And we have to ensure that Israel has the overriding security control of all the territories, all the territories. Other than that, I want the Palestinians to be able to govern themselves and to have all the freedoms to do so. So again, Netanyahu is playing the security card, and uh, the solution, according uh, to him, is to keep the borders between the future Palestinian state with Jordan and other borders, because he said all the borders, uh, under Israeli control. Well, it doesn't sound like much of an independent state to me. Mm. So within this uh, mythological state that he has, Israel has control of all of the borders. So if you're a Palestinian, you're inside the pool, but you can't get out of the pool. So he's the lifeguard to the pool. Within the pool, he controls the water. The money that we use uh, is the Israeli shekel. The telephone uh, radio spectrum is his. All the, um, the resources, whether it be electricity, etc., is all controlled by the Israelis coming in and out. Now, that doesn't sound like an independent state to me. That sounds like a South African Bantustan. And we know what the... Uh, Apartheid-era, F.W. de Klerk, all those guys thought about the black South Africans and what they tried to do to them in those Bantu stands. And also to continue to raise the security concerns of Israel, what is it to ask? What about our own security concerns? Who's going to meet them? Who's going to... Because we are, we are very deeply concerned, by the way. We're deeply concerned I'm because deeply concerned left because unchecked... we have a very bad neighbor... And that neighbor for 70 years has demonstrated that they are bully, they are uh, terrorist, they are, they have, I think they have ticked all the boxes. They want to take your country as well. They want to take my country and they want to erase the history, steal the land, kill people, steal our culture, culture, steal steal our music, steal our food. 
So within that, we are really concerned. Yeah, yeah. And who's going to meet our concerns? Absolutely. You're listening to Palestine, remembered on 855 AM. And um, the song we're going to listen to is Yana Badaddafa by Ahmed Qaboor. Uh, the song uh, actually is 35 years old, and it was uh, during the invasion uh, of South Lebanon, the, South, the Israeli invasion. And uh, I remember that uh, this has become like another uh, anthem of old Palestinians in early 80s, late 70s. So we're going to be listening to The Pulse of West Bank, Yanabad Adafa by Ahmed Qabur. Welcome back, uh, our listeners. You're listening to Palestine Remembered on 855 AM and on 3cr.org forward slash podcasts. The song Lina Kanat Tifla, the last uh, part of the song, uh, was in memory of Lina and Nabilsi, a Palestinian school girl who was shot dead by Israeli soldiers in Nablus, West Bank and uh, became an icon of the Palestinian resistance uh, uh, in late 70s and early 80s. In fact, there is a famous portrait of Lina Nabilsi in uh, most Palestinian homes. Uh, we will continue uh, with our reflections on Netanyahu's visit, and um, I would ask if, it, if, it, if his visit to Australia was a good occasion uh, for our Prime Minister to uh, discuss the unfinished uh, Australia-Israel uh, uh, topics, like the fake or forged Australian passports or the Ben Ziger file. I'm sure our listeners will remember, Yusuf, in, in 2010, the, um, a Palestinian Hamas uh, member uh, co-founder of Zaldin um, al-Qasim Brigades. Mahmoud uh, al-Mabhouh. Yeah, he was assassinated in Dubai. And um, at the time, uh, well, originally they thought he'd died of a heart attack, but then they did some investigations and found t- something of the order of 20 to 30 Israeli agents had come, flown in from all over the world into Dubai. Only after the CCTV cameras. Yeah, uh, correct. Mm. After the investigation. Some 10 days later, all of the truth came out. And disturbingly, the integrity of the uh, Australian passport system was uh, destroyed because the um, Shin Bet, the um, Israeli secret service, and they had sent Israeli operatives, four of them with a forged Australian passports. And at the time, Kevin Rudd and our foreign minister, Stephen Smith, we, we expelled a, a, a military attache to the Israeli embassy. Um, but there's no question mm. to this guy in the press conferences as to he presided over that assassination. It was his call to send the death troop in to kill uh, uh, this Palestinian. There's no question as to how could you do that. How and could you? This issue seemed to have seemed to have gone missing uh, quickly, shortly after the uh, immediately after after uh, and not long after that. Long Kevin after. Rudd uh, lost uh, stewardship of the uh, of uh, the Labor Party and necessarily the Prime Minister of Australia, and um, that, that, that was the end. And then in the in the same in the same year. Um, we have an Australian, and look, I'm certainly no fan of this guy, 
Ben Ziger, who comes from a very prominent uh, Zionist Melbourne Jewish family. He was a member of the IDF and in, in the Shin Bet. And um, uh, he was uh, various different stories, but the one I, I, I like best, you know, because nobody actually knows the truth, is that he, was an, uh, he, he decided to go undercover himself and thought that he'd actually fooled some Hezbollah agents and he was getting valuable information from Hezbollah about Iran and he was going to feed it to his um, bosses and get a promotion. When in fact the Hezbollah people were actually pumping him for information, he didn't realise he was a double agent. Mm. And when 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 it was found out, he was arrested. He was then imprisoned in the prison cell that was specifically designed and made for the assassin of Shimon Peres, uh, of uh, um, Isaac Rabin. Isaac Rabin. And this is a Igal Amir. A, yeah, Igal Amir. This is a, a suicide-proof cell with one door, twenty-four-hour um, videotape. I mean, it's you know exactly like the movies uh, say. But nevertheless, and nevertheless, somehow, uh, when somebody went for a cup of coffee, he, he hung himself. Mm. Now the Israeli government paid the Ziger family some a million dollars Australian over four years and never admitted the, their responsibility in the death. But again, even though I'm not, uh, I don't have any sympathy for 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 this guy. He's an Australian citizen. Mm. Happened under Netanyahu's watch, and, and no would, question. And you would think that. Topics like this would be discussed during the visit of Netanyahu to Australia, but th- it doesn't sound like it. No, no, he just gets a free ride. I mean, this, the fact that this I'm war criminal can come into this country and, and, and be fettered like he's, I mean, the, the queen. I mean, mm. the, 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 it's just crazy. The security, 500 security people to protect this guy. I mean, look, look how much we've shared values, Nasser. We've got no shared values. I mean, the shared values are of colonialism, Colonial. of oppression of the indigenous people, of denying uh, the, the attachment of the indigenous people to their land, of stealing their culture, of stealing their resources. That's the shared value between Australia and, and uh, Israel. But these values are shared between the governments, not shared by the people it, of Australia. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think uh, Turnbull can speak on behalf of all Australians. Uh, when, when it comes to shared values with Israel. Well, in fact, he's not. He's not. There was that uh, the survey not long ago. I want. I want to touch on uh, the protest last Sunday um, that took place. That started a series of other protests in Sydney and elsewhere against the visit of Netanyahu. Um, Nasser and Robert, you guys were there, and you have done a magnificent work. Uh, in putting together you and other, of course, we have to give credit to everybody who put it, who helped put it together. Um, but tell me about that uh, event, uh, Robert. I uh, it was interesting. I mean, I'm actually a little bit disappointed with the amount of people that came, but uh, it was it was good to see. Hmm. Um, when you speak to people around there, there's a lot of people that obviously don't like Benjamin Netanyahu and say that we don't have shared values. Um, and it was good to see, and I think the speeches were good. I think I think what was what what really ignited, and we've got to remember that aside from the the protests in Melbourne, there was one in Canberra, one in Sydney, yeah, one in Brisbane. Wide. There was um, prayer vigils. Uh, some close to a thousand Australian Jews signed a, um, a a petition saying, "Not in our name, don't come here." And also the other uh, list of uh, yeah, prominent yeah, so sixty names. So uh, if you go to the apan.org.au apan.org.au website, you can see the statement there from APAN that we had. Over 60 prominent Australian signatories. And, and just to give you an idea, Gavin Griffith QC, former Solicitor General of Australia, the Honourable Murray Rutledge Wilcox, Order of Australia, Queen's Council, former Federal Court Judge, Julian Burnside, Australia, Order of Australia, Queen's Council, John Carker QC, 
Queen's Counsel, Paul Hayward-Smith, Queen's Counsel, Claire O'Connor, Special Counsel, Janet Holmes, a court, Australian Cross, wow. John Stanthorpe, ACT Chief Minister. I mean, the, the, the list of people who signed this are, are, are you know, luminaries. Uh, they're the leaders of Australia. Mm. And um, many obviously didn't sign, and there was some, some of the language. We had some people that we approached and asked them to sign. They said, look, they, if we tone it down, and we, we weren't going to tone the statement down because this man should not be invited to our country. Can, can you give us an outline of what the statement was, just in brief? Uh, just, just very well, quick. Mm, if, Perhaps just the last paragraph. Uh, says the Australian government needs to rethink its one-sided support for the Israeli government. We are appalled that our government opposes the recent UN Security Council resolution supporting the application of international law to Israel and Palestine, when most nations, including the United Kingdom, Germany, France, and New Zealand, support it. Even the USA did not oppose it. It is time for the suffering of the Palestinian people to stop, and for Australia to take a more balanced role in supporting the application of international law and not supporting Mr Netanyahu and his policies. And also there was a a strong statement from the Islamic Council of uh, Victoria, ICV. The ICV sent out a very strong statement. I would like to really thank them for that. Um, uh, So we're we're seeing a shift not only from uh, the mainstream Australia when it comes to the Palestinian issue, but also from within our community. We have become more organized. We have uh, started to talk to each other. And you and and I were talking about more influential. You and I were talking about APAN on the, the way, way in here yeah. say that they should be commended for the work that they've done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And um, I think it's very important. Uh, one thing I liked about the protests is that they um, also attracted media attention mm-hmm. from Australia and even from New York Times. Spoke well, about yeah, that. The, the article ended up in the New York Times. I mean, so that, that's the, re- the caliber of signatories to that statement. Maybe. Elicit that support. Mm. Now, you can't get those people signing that sort of statement. You're not going to get Bob Hawke, Carr, uh, um, Gavin Griffith signing our statement. Um, they're they're uh, not going to put their names. Well, they're not going to put their names to it, but they'll come out and they wrote those op-eds, yeah? Mm. And for, for, you know, Bob Carr and, and uh, uh, Bob Hawke and, uh, and, you know, Gareth Evans to come out as strongly as – and these are lifelong Zionists. We're going to have to – It's a testament to it. Absolutely. We're going to have to leave it here. Bottom line is Netanyahu is a war criminal. Yep. In fact, he's worse than a war criminal. All his crimes were during what he called peacetime. Yep. Uh, Netanyahu is the head of a terrorist state that's called Israel. It's a rogue state and it's a threat to stability of the international security, not just the Middle East security. Netanyahu is a, is a racist against Arabs, against Muslims, against anyone who opposes a Palestinian state. Netanyahu should not be welcomed in Australia. Netanyahu should not be given the red carpet. and we He belongs in The Hague as an international war criminal and should serve out the rest of his life behind bars. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll leave it here. And I uh, would like to thank all my listeners, all our listeners, uh, for being with us uh, for another edition of Palestine Remembered. And we're going to meet next uh, Saturday, same time, 9.30 in the morning. Thank you, Nasser and Robert. Thanks. Have a good weekend.